You're the man, Harge. Have a good one. There he goes. The great Hardball Harge. Make sure y'all follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Hardball Harge. And yeah, always tune in to Hanging with Harge every weekday from 11 to noon right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Uh, I think Trey is going to be joining me at some point today. We were just talking on the phone like 10 minutes ago, and he said he was good to go for today. Uh, Trey's actually working the next three shows, so you're going to get a triple dose of Elling. Hope that doesn't scare too many of you off. But Chip Brown is flying to Alabama today, so Trey is going to co-host with Zay from 1 to 3, and in the afternoon show, it'll be Trey and KD, a.k.a. Cabin Dune, a.k.a. Kevin Dunn. Those guys will be taking you from 3 until 5, so... A lot of trade this afternoon, but we are uh, live and local all the way until 5 o'clock as the first week of our new all-day lineup rolls along here on Texas Sports Unfiltered, Monday to Friday from 8 to 5. And yeah, as um, as Harge mentioned at the end of his show today, we'll be out at Covert B Cave tomorrow. The fun starts a little after 11 o'clock, uh, 11 o'clock, Harge is going to be doing a show out there. Trey and I are also going to be doing our show out there, but more importantly, legendary lifetime Longhorn and national champion Michael Griffin is going to be with us. Bucky's going to be there. Griff's going to be there. Griff's going to be signing autographs, taking some pictures. We'll have free food provided by our friends at Smokey Moe's and also our friends at Verde's Mexican Perea. It should be a ton of of fun once again the party starts at 11 30 tomorrow it'll go through 12 30 12 45 or so but should be a lot of fun and we're going to do this every friday before a home game now we switch things up this week the alabama game the biggest game of the season so we wanted to make sure we uh launched this friday special out at covert b cave on the day before the crimson tide game but uh, next friday before wyoming we'll be out there and then the friday before every single home game this season thanks to our friends at covert b cave for making that possible and there he is a tad tardy but he's working the next five hours so i'm not going to be too upset what's going on trey good god man it was like one thing after another and trying to prepare to be in this seat for five hours i may have to like get on my knees for a little bit maybe not with you maybe with zay or KD, just to try and stretch those hip flexors out a little bit as I'm continuing to talk. And BK, you've made a lot of really good programming decisions in the month or so that Texas Sports Unfiltered has been on the YouTube and free app airwaves. Unfortunately, this may be the first poor decision that you've made with this channel, allowing me to talk for five hours straight. (laughs) Oh, man, it'll be great. What are you talking about? Now, don't don't get on your knees and do any of the stuff that you were referring to a moment ago, as long as you don't do that. I think my height will stay relatively the same. Yeah, there we go. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. That looks like I'm still sitting down. You don't see the relax the back chair quite as well in the background, but that I think this is going to help to preserve my broken body a little bit, you know? Don't put like, your... Tell I'm on my knees right now. Don't put your hand on the mic like that, and don't be bobbing your head like that either. This is a family program. <laughs> is that how it looks? I don't know. Mm. I mean, is that is that what you you know? I don't want to bring your wife into this, but that's that's interesting. If those are the faces that you've experienced during 
that. <laughs> All right. You know what? You're right. It was a horrible idea to let you talk five hours straight. And it's it's not the talking that concerns me anymore. It's now the uh, on-camera stuff. As you uh, start your OnlyFans career, apparently, here today on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Wolf. Goodness gracious. Hey, quick shout-out before we dive into this uh, Texas-Alabama game. And, of course, we'll be talking plenty of it throughout today's program. Uh, quick shout-out to Manchak Kid. I got an email last night from Jennifer Davis, who says they used to live in Austin but now live in New Mexico, and her husband is a faithful listener to all of us and he has listened to all of us for many many years and she was hoping we'd be able to give him a birthday shout out i was supposed to do it this morning i didn't do it this morning i'll get the buck to record something later today to send it over to him but shout out to Manchat kid uh, hopefully you're watching sir happy birthday to you and uh yeah thank your wife for uh, reaching out to hu- us and also thank your wife for allowing you to listen to us over all of these years too it is truly one of the biggest joys of getting to do this job for a living. BK is hearing from people who are that avid of a fan or a listener or however you want to consider that. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much and a very happy birthday in New Mexico. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully you're tuned in, man, chat kid, but uh, we'll make sure we send you something on the side as well. Now, did she spell it M-A-N-S-H-A-C-K, or did she spell it Manchaka? Manchaka. Okay. Is that, did we cancel Manchak? Is it Manchaka again? I don't know. I've never appreciated that pronunciation of things. Like, I understand where the Kevin Dunns of the world are coming from with Miller instead of Mueller. Like, that is, that was the pronunciation back in the day, and Manchak kind of is too, but that's like more of like a, rednecky pronunciation of a completely different word that's not anywhere close like miller is how they pronounce mueller in german but who the hell is pronouncing a word that's spelled m-a-n-c-h-a-c-a or whatever it is manshack i just do what i was told i don't know the origin of that when it's somebody's name yeah, it was like a Menchaca who, if you go far enough down that road, apparently there is an elementary school or maybe a town that, I don't know, Robert Menchaca was named after. Mm. Or was named after Robert Menchaca. Robert E. Menchaca. That, that would get canceled. That was his name. <laughs> Robert, Robert Lee. Ooh. Robert L- Lee Menchaca. Yeah. I don't know. There is a, a wide receiver on the University of Houston, of course, a team that Texas will see later this year. His name is Joseph Manjack. Pretty close. But his is actually spelled like Manjack. So it looks a little bit more normal than what Manjack is spelled like. Manjack is a strong last name. Yeah. yeah You're yeah. going to have to grow up tough. It's like the whole Johnny Cash, Boy Named Sue song. You're going to be defending yourself a little bit once you get into adolescence and beyond. Yeah, very true. Very true. All right, so we're rolling today on a Thursday. Two days away from Texas and Alabama. Trey, we've been talking about it all week. Let's continue to talk about the Longhorns and the Crimson Tide. The line starting to go a little bit more in Alabama's favor. They opened up as a seven-point favorite. It's now seven and a half in most books. Uh, Alabama looked very, very impressive in their season opening blowout victory over Middle Tennessee State. Texas looked eh. 
especially offensively. Defense looked great. Special teams was fine outside of that kickoff out of bounds. But Alabama looked like the better team in week one. And, of course, the game is in their house, and they are the higher-ranked team. No surprise that they are the favorite. No surprise that the money is coming in on Alabama after what we saw last week. But we're looking for a win. For Texas to pull off the upset, let's talk about some X factors in this game, Trey. Uh, We'll leave the quarterback aside. Quinn Ewers is the obvious one. For Texas to have a chance, hell, for any team to have a chance against Alabama, you need the quarterback to play really, really well. That's a given. But let's talk about some of the other players on offense or defense that need to step up and have great games for the Longhorns to shock the college football world this Saturday night. Let's start on offense for the Longhorns, BK. Go to that wide receiver room, and there's probably nobody more important than Xavier Worthy. As much as Quinn Ewers has more of a feast of options at wide receiver and then tight ends and running backs catching passes too, it was very evident in week one that Xavier Worthy will still be looked at by Steve Sarkeesian and Quinn as the number one option on a lot of plays. So we need to see Xavier Worthy do what he's capable of, and that's use a pretty insane athleticism, quick twitch, speed, and toughness too for that matter to get open and pick up big yardage after the catch and also limit the drops too. I know he had the broken slash hurt hand to lean on in 2022, but he also led the conference in drops as a true freshman as well. So we need to see uh, see him sure-handed. Is there somebody other than Quinn or Xavier that you're looking at on the offensive side of the ball as far as the next factor is concerned? Yeah, I'm so back and forth on Xavier Worthy, right? Like, he's a stud. He's the best receiver on this team, and you want to feed your star players the ball as often as you possibly can, but I also know who Xavier Worthy is going to be matched up against on Saturday, and that's the guy with maybe the coolest name in all of college football, Kool-Aid McKinstry, who has a chance to be the first cornerback off the board in next April's NFL draft. So, I don't want Quinn Ewers and Steve Sarkeesian, but I think this is more of a Ewers problem than a Sark drawing up the offense thing. I don't want Ewers just locked in on Xavier Worthy all the time because, look, Worthy's going to win some of those one-on-ones against Kool-Aid McKinstry, but McKinstry's going to get his too. And if you keep throwing it at a guy of his caliber, uh, you're walking close to the sun and you're going to get burned at some point. So I'm with you. Like Xavier Worthy's got to be important, but I really hope Quinn Ewers does a better job of spreading the ball around because he's got a lot of weapons at his disposal, right? The Texas receiver room is better than what it was last year when Alabama came to town. I hope this isn't a situation where Ewers is just staring at Xavier Worthy time and time again like it felt like we saw a lot last year. You know, I do wonder how much of it is a Quinn thing versus a Sark thing because you look throughout Sark's coaching career, when he has that number one guy, he loves feeding him the football. And if he also looks at Xavier Worthy as having that sort of potential because he had options last year of calling plays that were more designed for, let's say, a Jordan Whittington. Uh, And they chose to continue to go to Xavier Worthy. It's probably a little bit of both, but um, we will see. If Kool-Aid does a good enough job of shutting down Xavier, then somebody else is going to have to step up in this receiving core for sure. You talk about Manjack being a name where you have to up your game a little bit. If if you've got the nickname Kool-Aid, then you better be good at something. And Kool-Aid McKinstry is very good at what he does. Just be good at mixing Kool-Aid, if nothing else, right? Yeah. That, honestly, if you're just good at making punch or something with Kool-Aid, like in college, then that you can get the nickname Kool-Aid. That's the easiest NIL deal of all time, right? Kool-Aid McKinstry getting the deal 
with Kool-Aid. Do you think he dresses up as the Kool-Aid man for Halloween every year? I sure as shit hope he's done so one. <laughs> Maybe not as a child, but as a young adult, when that whole fiasco starts re-entering the fray, yeah, that would be a, a pretty funny bit by him. Yeah, and I guess he's a cornerback, and it'd be better if he was like an offensive lineman or something, and he was 300 pounds, because that would make the costume a little bit more drawn to scale, but still. Well, that's where you can get away with a fat suit is at Halloween. You walk around with a fat suit just about any other time, maybe unless it's your birthday and your name is Kool-Aid, you're going to be taking some crap from people. But Halloween, all bets are off. You got guys dressing like girls, girls dressing like guys, uh, people going different shapes and sizes and all sorts of other things that may be deemed offensive by some. Yeah, the fat suit for most people can only be donned on Halloween, but for James Harden, it can be donned whenever he wants to uh, be traded. That's that's how it's worked for him in the past, and I think the fat suit will be back in Philly very, very soon. I thought that was just an off-season bit for him. Is that mostly when he no longer wants to be a part of a roster? Yep, that's it. He just uh, goes to the closet, reaches in the way back, pulls out the fat suit, and throws it on, and like clockwork, he gets what he wants james harden comes out of the closet with a fat suit on yeah <laughs> yes uh man that will be a real one at some point uh i'll go with jt sanders as my x factor and i i wanted him going into the season to be a bigger part of this texas offense and i think he is a matchup nightmare for defenses and texas texas alabama is replacing both of its linebackers from last year's team uh, I think their linebackers are very good, but I don't think they're very proven, right? Like Henry To'o To'o was the captain of that bunch last year. He was a draft pick in the NFL, super smart player, not the most athletically gifted guy in the world, but a guy who just knew where to be at all times. Uh, these guys, one of them's a Georgia transfer, but he was a backup, and the other guy is making his first year or is a starter for the first year here at Alabama. So I've got some questions with that linebacker room. I think. Kind of similar to the Texas defense, Trey. I think the Bama linebacking unit is probably the weakness of their defense. And they're also potentially down a couple of DBs, a couple of safeties. They've got a couple of guys who are questionable who have been limited in practice this week. So I don't trust Bama's linebackers, and they might be short a safety or two. To me, that says everything I need to know, that Jatavion Sanders needs to be a big focal point for Steve Sarkeesian and this Texas offense. They have to find a way to get him the ball third down situations, short yardage situations, goal line situations. Those easy throws, man. Like, it's going to be tough to get a lot against Alabama with the speed that they have on the outside. Got to be able to take what the defense gives you. Sometimes that'll be those quick, over-the-middle type of throws to Jatavion Sanders. He needs to be a big, big factor for Texas to get the win on Saturday. Yeah, I agree with that. And as many have predicted in the preseason, you may not see Jatavion catch as many balls this year, but the ones that he does catch will likely be in bigger situations. And if that's the trade-off, sign me up for that one. Jatavion is maybe the most sure-handed guy on the roster when he's actually turned and looking for the ball and Quinn's not bouncing it off of his helmet as he's coming out of his break. And he is, as you said, a matchup nightmare because he has that unteachable combination of size and freaky deaky athleticism. Hey, we've seen mock drafts with Jatavion Sanders going in the first round. The, the Phil Steele season preview magazine has Jatavion Sanders as a second team All-American. Like this is a huge opportunity for JT Sanders to go showcase all of the ability and to go prove that all of the hype surrounding him, not just amongst Texas fans, but amongst everybody 
is real. You put on a good performance against a Nick Saban defense, you can make some money. And this is a contract year for JT Sanders. Obviously, he can come back. He's not a senior, but if things go well, he's going to be off to the NFL. He can go a long way into ensuring that he's declaring for the draft after this season if he goes out there and puts on a show in Tuscaloosa on Saturday night. Hopefully, he does just that. You just talked about the Bama linebackers, BK. My Perhaps my biggest X factor on the defensive side of the ball, while the easy answer may be Devondre Sweat, just because he is so disruptive on a unit that may be the best position group on the Longhorns roster. I think that if Texas wins on Saturday, we're going to see a monster game out of Jalen Ford. And that's not to diminish the importance of David Benda standing next, next to him. But Jalen Ford, I think, has really been setting up, considering how clutch he has been throughout his time on the 40 Acres, for a sort of coming out party in a game like this. So I think that may mean something to the effect of double-digit tackles, maybe has a direct turnover in terms of an interception or fumble recovery, or at the very least, a forced fumble that one of his teammates is able to jump on to. Okay, I like that pick. Look, your best players need to be at their best to win a game like this. And Jalen Ford is the best player on this Texas defense. So... Yeah, he's got to be all over the field on Saturday night. It kind of felt like the Bama game was part of the coming out party for Jalen Ford last year. Uh, Hopefully we see more of the same this year. And uh, Jalen Ford puts together another incredible season. But yeah, obviously this Saturday, money-making game for him too. Uh, We'll see what he can do. I'm not going to give a single name, Trey. I'm going to cop out a little bit. I'm going to give more of a position than a name. And it's really more of a role than an actual position. The X factor for Texas is whoever the hell is spying Jalen Milrow. Maybe that is Jalen Ford. Maybe it's David Benda. Maybe it's Jalen Catalan. Maybe it's Jaron Thompson. Maybe it's Jaday Barron. Maybe it's somebody else. I don't know who it's going to be. Maybe it's a couple of those guys, right? It might not be the same player for all four quarters. That guy would probably be exhausted if they have to do that for every single defensive snap. But whoever is spying Jalen Milrow, whoever's responsibility, and it's not just a one-man job to contain Jalen Milrow and keep him in the pocket, but whoever that guy is who's got to track Jalen Milrow, if he does try to take off and run, that guy is the most important player for this Texas defense because Milrow looked better throwing the football last weekend than he did in the one start he made against AM last year, but I still have my doubts about whether or not that guy is a great thrower of the football, especially in the short and intermediate game. He's almost like the opposite of Quinn Ewers, where Jalen Milrow throws a pretty nice deep ball we saw that on display a couple of times. But sometimes the short and intermediate throws don't work that well. For Ewers, yeah, the short stuff, great. The intermediate stuff, great. The deep ball has been his problem. Uh, Jalen Miller with the arm, I still don't trust it. I don't think Alabama trusts it. You've got to find a way to limit that dude's production on the ground. And a big part of how that happens for Texas is if the guy or guys who are spying him on Saturday do a good job of keeping him in that pocket. This game may really come down, BK, to whichever quarterback is able to find more success with some of his second, third, and maybe even fourth reads at times because both of these DCs realize both dudes looked sharp when they, whenever they were able to go quickly to that very first wide receiver. So you are probably going to be pressing on the outside a little bit more and then hoping that you can get some organic pressure with that front. And both teams have very talented fronts. And are also uh, a little bit wet behind the ears on the offensive line, too. And you wonder if 
the disparity there on both sides of or both sidelines, I should say, may lead to this being a lower scoring game because neither quarterback is really able to get into that rhythm. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because Bucky and I talked to Ryan Fowler who does sports radio in Tuscaloosa. We had him on earlier this morning, and he talked about the Bama offensive line being a little bit of a question mark right now. Like, Bama's offense is is far from perfect, guys. It really is. I know they put up 56 points last week, and I know what they have been in years past, but I just said it about Jalen Milrow. Like, I don't know how good of a pure passer that dude is. They, They didn't do a great job in terms of the traditional running game against Middle Tennessee. Like, we had our issues talking about the Texas offensive line not being able to get much push up front when trying to run the football. Alabama had those same issues. Like, they ended up with more than 200 yards rushing, but a lot of that was just Jalen Milrow kind of taking off and running. He obviously had that crazy play where it was an awful snap. He ended up going backwards to pick it up and ended up running for a long touchdown. Like, a lot of Bama's success running the football was just Jalen Milrow kind of doing his thing the offensive line was not able to get a whole lot of push. And that was going up against Middle Tennessee. So they've got some questions there. Uh, the receivers, and I asked Ryan this morning, like, you know, it, it felt like, Trey, and, and maybe my memory's off, but, God, it felt like Bama's receivers were awful in the game in Austin. Like, drops and bad routes. I mean, it really felt like Bryce Young was going 1-11 on at times against the Texas defense because he just wasn't getting much help. And Ryan's like, yeah, there's still some question marks on the outside too. So basically what I'm saying is this Alabama offense is not a sure thing. And I know what Texas was going up against last week, but man, like I've got some faith in this defense being able to do some things, especially up front. And if Texas can do a good job of slowing down that Alabama rushing attack like they did against Rice last weekend, then they've got a really, really good shot to pull off this upset on Saturday. Yeah, this Alabama offensive line is really young on the left side. They have a true sophomore and a true freshman. The true freshman is playing left tackle. Now, you can tell me that, yeah, but that true freshman is Caden Proctor. He was one of the top recruits in the entire country last year. Definitely the best left tackle recruit in that 2023 class, which is true, but he's also still a true freshman. And far more often than not, you see guys struggle in situations like this versus what Kelvin Banks was able to do against Alabama last year, which is completely shut Will Anderson down. Yep, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, Caden Proctor, I'm looking at his measurables right now. This kid's 18 years old, 6'7", 354. I mean, that, that is ridiculous. Like, he's no ordinary true freshman. But like you said, he is still a true freshman. And yeah, Bama is still trying to work out some kinks on the offensive line. Their O-line played better than Texas's did in week one. But still, I mean, it was far from the dominant offensive line that I think uh, we've become accustomed to seeing with Nick Saban at Alabama. So it's, it's a vulnerable bunch, man. It really is. I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Bama offense is bad. It's still a bunch of four- and five-star kids that we're talking about on that side of the ball. But it's, I think, a good thing for Texas that they're getting this group with the inexperience that they have on that side of the football to get them this early in the season, I think bodes well for an experienced team like Texas. Yeah, keep an eye on the Alabama tight ends also. They will go bigger at times on Saturday. Of course, they're looking to be more of a power running team this year to take some pressure off of that passing attack. And it looks like that tight end room is getting pretty healthy in terms of the talent that exists there and the ability to roll multiple guys out at once, which means that Jalen Ford will be important in helping drop into covers the safeties too. But this gets back to David Benda. 
and us knowing that Nick Saban is going to target David Benda early on, not only in the run game and running backs straight at him to see if he is sound with his assignment, but also catching him in coverage too and seeing if he has what it takes to stick with whether it is zone coverage and checking guys who are going over the middle of the field or if he ends up in a man coverage situation having to cover one of these big, talented tight ends for Bama. Yeah, a lot of 12 personnel for Tommy Reese in that offense where you'll see both of those tight ends on the field at the same time. Uh, C.J. Dupree, the Maryland transfer, he looks pretty good for them. And then Aaron Nyblack, the other tight end. They'll they'll rotate three or four in there, but those, I think, are the two guys that Texas is going to have to focus on the most as a defense. But yeah, they, uh, they utilize those tight ends a lot, both in the run game and in the passing game too and once again i said it earlier this week i'll keep saying it they don't want to throw the ball more than 20 to 25 times on saturday i mean milrow i think had 18 or 19 passing attempts he didn't play all four quarters in week one but still like the game plan for alabama last week is going to be what they hope is the game plan this week they want to run the ball they want to use jace mcclellan they want to use roydell williams they want to use Jalen milrow in the zone read game that's what they want to do so this Texas defensive line, they passed their first test with flying colors, but uh, they've got their work cut out for him. And and if this group is as good as advertised, Trey, like this, this is the Alfred Collins game, isn't it? Like, uh, all fall long, Alfred Collins, Alfred Collins, Alfred Collins, every scrimmage, every practice. I mean, the insiders couldn't get enough of this dude. And well, what did he do against Rice? A nice zero tackle performance. He did have that PBU where he swatted the shit out of that ball right back into JT Daniels's face but 19 snaps no tackles come on dude I expected a little more that's fine that's rice the defense was spectacular in that one that's okay uh how about Alabama if you want to live up to your billing as the five star if you want to prove all of those insiders and all of your teammates right that this is the year where you break out and obviously if you want to be playing on Sundays kid knows what's at stake Big number 95. It's everybody. You brought up sweat. I mean, the whole list, you can go down the order. Everybody needs to play well, and Texas is going to be rotating guys a lot, you would think, to keep guys fresh because it's going to be hot, it's going to be humid, and that offensive line doesn't mess around. But Alfred Collins, man, like maybe I'm cheating giving another X factor. I think you only asked me for one, but please, can we finally see it happen for big number 95 on Saturday? Or maybe just anyone other than Tavondre Sweat. Like you expect, I don't know, two or three guys at least to have really good games to make like difficult for that Alabama O-line and the rushing attack and then even Jalen Milrow as a result. If that's Alfred Collins, great. But ultimately, I don't care who it is. As long as you get a couple of dudes stepping up in a major way to help Tavondre Sweat out. Agreed. Agreed. We'll take your thoughts. If you want to hit us up on the text line, 512 222 nine three two eight once again five one two 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 nine three two eight couple of texts to get to somebody asked will tsu be getting some shirt uh some shirts or some swag for people to purchase yes we are working on that somebody's mad at us for saying if texas wins saying we need to replace it with when texas wins trey earlier this week you uh, i think you started the week by maybe leaning texas and then flipped to alabama lean Two days out, you don't have to give your final prediction today. We'll save that for tomorrow's show. But uh, what's the lean here on a Thursday? Lean as Texas can get this job done. Will it happen? It's anybody's guess right now. But I am feeling confident that they will put themselves in a position to win. In part because they cleaned some things up from week one on offense. And also, 
Is Alabama maybe a little bit too high on itself after a dominating win, thinking that they have something figured out when there's still a long ways to go? You know, you talked about Texas struggling, Alabama dominating in week one. All we have to do is go back a year to realize that one week is one week, BK, because Alabama opened their season last year kicking the shit out of Utah State, 55 to nothing. Now, the final score in the Texas game against whatever Louisiana school they played last year, it wasn't pretty either. I think they had something like 55 to 10. But remember, there was a good chunk of that game where Texas didn't look great, but they picked it up in the second half and made it look uglier than it was. And people were squeezing for that regard. But then, had the very next week play out, and Texas had a damn good chance to win that game too. So don't put too much stock into week one. Yeah, yeah. We're fans. We're going to obsess on what needs to be better and not worry as much about what already looked good. Uh, These these guys have been working hard in practice this week. And so, yes, I do have Texas winning the game right now in my long-form convoluted thinking. How about you? It's so easy to say don't put too much stock into week one. And I agree with you. It's the right move. It's so hard to do. Yeah. Because that's the only football we've seen in nine months from this team. Like that's you just go such a long time from the bowl game to September when the season starts. And I know we get a spring game, but God, you know, that's like that's the only thing we've just been craving for that moment, the season opener. And then that's what we get. So it's so hard. Like, I I don't I don't criticize anybody for putting stock into week one. Like I said, you, you shouldn't. It's one of 12. Every game is different. But like it's it's damn near impossible not to. Uh, I was feeling great about Texas's chances, and then I saw Nick Saban's home record, and now my lean is holy shit, I'm scared. Yeah, that, that's my lean right now. Like I just 103 wins, eight losses for Nick Saban at home, and three of those losses came in his first year back in 2007. That's five home losses in 16 years, and we've got Mr. Sarkeesian who's three and six in true road games at Texas. And we've got a Texas program that's lost its last five true non-conference road games. Mm, Feels like the universe is telling me something. So, yeah, no, I'm letting you know right now, I won't even save the tease for tomorrow. I I will not be picking Texas to win this football game, which sucks. Because on Monday, I'm like, yes, I'm going to do it. To hell with the Rice game. We're going to win. And then it's just, there's just so much that has to go right to beat that coach and that team in that place. And I I don't have it in me. I don't have the cajones to do it, Trey. Dude, that caveat that you brought up is why I've had a harder time believing in this Texas football program since Sark got here. But even going back to last year and trying to temper my expectations this year too, it is the sad reality right now that Sark loses Two out of every three games to ranked opponents, and he's also not good in conference on the road, and that sort of stat carries over to good non-conference competition on the road, too, obviously. So I'd love to see them get that proverbial monkey off their backs in a major way this weekend, but there's always a chance that they go in there and they just completely choke. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I think this Texas program has a sort of resilience that we have not seen since going back to that Sugar Bowl year back in 2017, 2018, whenever it was. 15, yep. Okay, I hope you're right. I hope you're right because they're going to need it because they're going to get punched in the mouth on Saturday. And some teams, when they get punched at Brian Denny, they don't get up off the mat. 
Texas needs to get up and punch back for 60 minutes. Hey, thank you to everybody who has supported Texas Sports Unfiltered through month one. That does include Gina Hookham. Just so happy to be able to listen to BK, Trey, Bucky, and everyone else talking sports again. Well, we appreciate being able to do so for you, Gina. So thank you so very much for letting us know. Absolutely. Thank you to all of you people, and thanks to all of our great sponsors as well. Trey, you brought up Relax the Back earlier. How about uh, a word on the Relax the Back chair that thankfully you're sitting in right now? That's right. There are some back channel conversations happening with Relax the Back right now that I'll tell you about in just a sec, BK. First, though, you mentioned the chair. I was on my knees for the first 30 minutes of this show, and then I realized it's not as comfortable being on my knees as being in this excellent Relax the Back chair. So many different functions of this chair. I can raise and lower the lumbar support. I can lean it back more if I want to. It goes up and down. And it is so freaking comfortable. Despite that, though, I've got a broken body. And so I'm starting to consider getting that stand-up desk. And that's where the back channel conversations are coming into play. Maybe you want a new office chair, a piece of furniture for your office or living room. Or perhaps it's something as simple as a massage tool. Relax the Back would love to help you out. There are locations across Austin. You need to go to relaxtheback.com to see all the different types of products that they carry and find that location nearest you. Yep, shout out to them. Shout out to Last Stand Hats as well. We had a text earlier ask about whether or not we're going to be having some Texas sports unfiltered gear available for purchase. We are working on that with our friends at Last Stand Hats. For now, they've got badass Texas hats. They've got the golf polos. They've got just tons of cool swag on site all of the time right now. Just go to the website, laststandhats.com. You see that badass bison logo on the bottom of your screen. Go there. Tell them you heard about it from Texas Sports Unfiltered and find the perfect gift for yourself or for that Longhorn fan in your life check them out at laststandhats.com many thanks to them and many thanks to our friends at sendtextickets.com as well if you're looking for tickets to any texas football game this year home or away go to sendtextickets.com 100 guaranteed tickets great deals and they've got everything you could ever need sports tickets college football the nfl mlb nba nhl whatever plus formula one concert tickets broadway shows it's all there all the time at sendtextickets.com. All right, BK, real quick before we get to some NFL talk, there's going to be a map, a college football map that Longhorn fans are going to see floating around Twitter over the next couple of days, and your gut reaction is to become incensed. How dare you deal with such level of disrespect? So let me try and pull the map up on my share screen. Uh-oh. So that will give you a proper forewarning and make sure that you yourself are not duped by what is an obvious troll job here. Is this, is this map where the Texas band is going to be forced to sit at Alabama on Saturday? Because that's a story oh, again. No, it's uh, it's not that. It is a map. Can you see that there? Got it. Best game day atmosphere in every state. This weekend, that's in parentheses, that's key. And regardless, this is not an accurate representation if it was just in general. And it also comes from Big Game Sooner, soon, uh, Big Game Boomer. So oh, that guy's um, a cuck. can get a pretty good idea of the source there. But people are going to see Texas Tech representing the state of Texas. 
Sure. It doesn't matter, though, because Texas is playing in Alabama this weekend, and Alabama is the best game day atmosphere in that shithole of a state. But don't allow yourself to be triggered. It is for this weekend, and it's also a map put together by a Sooners fan. So just acknowledge it, chuckle at the attempt, and move on. This is dumb, and this guy is dumb. And there was a story uh, maybe earlier this week where he apparently tried to get credentials to the Kansas-Illinois game, which is a Friday night game coming up tomorrow. And Kansas sent him an email like, no, we're not letting you in. And that DM got leaked. And Big Game Boomer was like so upset with how many people were dunking on him because of that, that he like threatened to get rid of his Twitter. He's like, if you guys keep this up, I'm getting rid of my account. And everyone's like, please. Oh, my God. We're going to keep bullying the shit out of you then, dude. Whatever it takes to get you off this website. And then even though the bullying continued, unfortunately, he uh, he has not removed his profile. That That is the ultimate delete your account guy right there. That's, that would be nice. Oklahoma fans don't even like that guy. Nobody likes that guy. He's the ultimate troll. And here we are giving him attention, which is what he wants. So congratulations, big game boomer. Sounds like a colossal bitch to me. Whoa. And reply to him on Twitter. Reply to that map and, and say just that. I don't care enough. See if he pulls a Ricky Williams and blocks you. I'm just going to be live stream gangster over here. <laughs> Not keyboard gangster or live stream gangster here on TSU. Yeah, I think it's a step up from keyboard gangster because I'm putting my name, face, and voice to those words, but it also still means absolutely nothing. Yeah, you're putting your name, image, and likeness on the line here, taking a shot at Big game boomer. That's not very bold of you, my friend. Uh, All right, you mentioned at the NFL, it's back tonight. Yeah, look, last weekend we had our first full college football weekend, but this weekend we have our first full football weekend this fall, and it is a beautiful thing. The NFL kicks off at Arrowhead Stadium where the Chiefs will raise another banner celebrating their Super Bowl 57 win. They will play host to the Detroit Lions tonight. Chris Jones is not there because he hasn't signed his contract. Travis Kelsey, I haven't refreshed Twitter in the last hour or so. It seems like a true game-time decision. He went through a workout on the field this morning up in Kansas City to try to see if he could go. I haven't seen anything that says yes. I haven't seen anything that says no. But either way, Chiefs-Lions tonight, Trey. Before we uh, you know, give our Super Bowl picks here on the show, I'll ask you for a lean for tonight's game. Can Detroit... Pull off the upset. Can they go into Kansas City and knock off the defending Super Bowl champs in week one? I continue to like how Detroit is building. I also know that Dan Campbell has that team fired up to be competitive in football games. And I think the Chiefs are maybe a little bit down right now. Might Travis Kelsey play tonight? Sure. But if so, I feel like he's going to be pretty severely limited. And if he doesn't play on top of Chris Jones not playing, that's two big pieces that the Chiefs are down there. So I do have the Lions pulling off the upset tonight on Thursday Night Football. Wrong team favored. Yep. Give me the money line, please. How about that? All right. You can get some good juice on that pick right there. I can't do it. I mean, Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones are the second and third best players on the Kansas City Chiefs, but... They still have their best player. As long as that guy's in the game, as long as the fat dude who eats cheeseburgers is on the sideline, I'm picking the Chiefs. And they're playing Detroit. Come on. The Lions? I can't pick the Lions in a big game like this 
where everyone's going to be watching the standalone Thursday night season opener. I can't pick the Motor City Kitties to go on the road and beat the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Come on, man. No chance. I feel like the Chiefs have started slowly at times in the Pat Mahomes era. Like, they lose a game early on, and people are like, uh-oh, maybe the Chiefs aren't going to be comp- contenders this year. Then, of course, they do what the Chiefs have done uh, a couple of times in, in the last handful of years, and that is going a Super Bowl run. But I feel like there's an opportunity there, much like with Texas and Alabama. Perhaps it's a similarly faulty logic. I think that the Lions see an opportunity in front of themselves to really make a statement on top of the Chiefs not being back up to snuff from the team that won the Super Bowl six months ago or whatever it is now. I will say this. Super Bowl winners since 2003. 16-4 straight up, 13-5-2 against the spread in their season openers the following year. So recent history is on Kansas City's side, both to win the game and also to cover as well. But most of those reigning Super Bowl champs, I think, probably were playing with their second and third best players. The Kansas City Chiefs might not be tonight. When your cousin is recklessly placing money on sporting events, how much are you looking to a history when, or how much is he or she looking into that history before making that final call? Uh, My cousin is a they, them, so please show them some respect, Shrek. Zizi? He, she? No, not a he, she. Zizi? The Z-I-Z- H-E, that's one now too. I know you're looking at me like I'm speaking a foreign language and I kind of am, but yes, that is another option now. Yiji, what are you saying? Yijian Leon, like the uh, former NBA player from China? Like W-X-Y-Z, Z. Yeah, Wang Zhuzhu. Yeah, Wang Zhuzhu. <laughs> Wang Zhuzhu. What on earth? That's a new one? Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, to answer your question, I don't... G, all right, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, they, them does look at historical trends a lot. I'm an analytics guy. I'm not a gut feel guy when it comes to bets. I need, and my cousin needs, all of the numbers that we can get before placing bets. Historical trends, team trends, week trends, stadium trends, weather trends, whatever we can get. Uh, I'm always studying that type of stuff to try to get a competitive edge, and it usually doesn't work that much. So that sucks. What about uh, Super Bowl picks? By the way, we should announce that we're bringing back our season-long pick'em contest, and we need y'all's help coming up with a bet punishment for the loser, probably me, of this season-long pick'em contest. So text in 512-222-9328 or hit us on the YouTube chat line. We don't have to have a final punishment by tomorrow. Uh, we're still going to do it regardless of if we can announce what the punishment is before the uh, first full NFL weekend gets here, but we are going to do a season-long pick'em contest again like we did at the old place, and we're super excited about that. So any uh, suggestions y'all have for a wager payoff, please fire away. So I saw a really good list of fantasy football punishments from Sal Vetri, who does a great job of breaking down fantasy on Twitter, at Sal Vetri DFS. Hold on, let me find it here. All right, here it is. Some of these, either you or I has actually done before. And one, well, we were both on the hook for, but because that show is 
no longer a thing. Perhaps we reset that one. Anyhow, from Salvetri, 12 craziest fantasy football punishments for 2023. The longest ride where the loser takes a one-way bus ticket to a destination determined by the league. You're only allowed to bring a flip phone and disposable camera. <laughs> one way, soft. How about round trip? We already did that. To El Paso. <laughs> uh, okay, what's next? Number two is perform a five-minute stand-up set, an open mic. This is the bet that we had last year that we ended up tying on. And theoretically, we both needed to do this one, but we're throwing that one out, DK. Number three, lemonade stand. You heard of this one before, the lemonade stands? Is that just starting and running a lemonade stand on your street? Not on your street. You must run a lemonade stand in the most crowded part of your town for eight hours. All profits go to the winner of the league. Oh, that's a good one. Great one. Okay. Yeah. We should do, we should, all right. If we do that, we should do it for charity, though, since we don't have a league. I don't want to pay you. And I, oh, I do want you to pay me, but I'd prefer it go to charity. I think that'd be cool. I like that idea. Another one is take the SAT. Must be done on a college football Saturday, which makes it extra painful. God. You've done this one. You did it as part of your ESPN show in H-Town, the Waffle House Challenge. Spent 24 hours in a Waffle House. <laughs> Every waffle you eat reduces your time by one hour. How many waffles did you eat again? I think I downed, I can't remember, either 11 waffles or 13 waffles. And I was there for either 11 hours or 13 hours. I was delirious by like hour and waffle four. How long did it take your stomach to heal from that one? Still hasn't. <laughs> uh, social media star. You must post a dancing TikTok video each day. Continue posting daily until you get 100,000 views or the following year's draft begins. Mm. Oof. Rough. Oh, that's a tough one. I, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't think I'd agree to that one. Nope. Uh, worst 40-yard dash. Run the 40-yard dash while your league mates shoot you with paintball guns. Ooh. That's a fun one. A night in the wood, a night in the woods. Loser must complete an entire twelve-hour night in the woods alone. They're only allowed to bring three items for the night. Okay. I like this one a lot. Remake the ESPN the body issue. You must model all twelve months. Oh, <laughs> uh, nobody wants to see that. No. Ugh. And there's two more here, only one of which is truly humiliating. Uh, I'll read the less humiliating one. Relegation. Last place is relegated from the league. They'll be added back to the league the following year. It doesn't apply to us as well. Just, loser, just, loser loses his job for a year. <laughs> and then finally, the grow out. This is a funny one. Last place cannot get a haircut or shave their face until the following year's draft. On draft day, the league gets to give the last place member a haircut. Oh, these are good, man. Yeah. People up their game last year. Some of these I had heard of. Some of them I had not. Wow. Uh, Bookmarked now. If we want to go back to that, or if you have another suggestion, we're all ears and eyes on the YouTube comments line and also the text line, too. About this one from Jay Ward. Take the max amount of laxatives before boarding a six-hour flight. Nope, we already saw how that one went down. Thanks, Delta Airlines. Not doing that. Yeah, hard pass on that. I do not want to be shitting myself up and down the aisles of an airplane. No, no, I do not either. I got, yeah, one, one thing that I think this is a great one, but we are hoping to be in Vegas for 
Super Bowl Sunday next February. We're working on that, early stages, of course. But one that I really like is you just, like, put a map out, tack it to the wall, you blindfold the loser, and then they have to throw a dart. And wherever the dart lands is where they have to go to watch the Super Bowl. Like, they've got to pay for the flight or the bus or whatever to get there. And wherever the dart hits on a map of America, we're not going international, keeping it in the States, uh, that's where the person has to go. They've got to pay their way and then go watch the biggest game of the NFL year in that city somewhere. So is there, like, closest city to the dart, and is there a lowest number of population total? Mm, I don't think so, man. I think it's just, like, yeah, I mean, I guess closest city to the dart if you don't actually hit a city, but... Uh, no, it could be Lord knows where. It could be Gary, Indiana. Somebody commented and that that could be where you're watching the Super Bowl next year. Thanks for the suggestion, Jake. I'm not agreeing to any penile piercings, though. Is that what that is? Yeah, and that's what a Prince Albert is. Right through the head. Oh, no. My rabbi already did that once. <laughs> he already got me good. He took off the bigger half, man. Oh, my gosh. Uh, all right. I got to give some love to some sponsors. Uh, shout out to Covert Bee Cave. We're going to be doing our show live from Covert Bee Cave tomorrow. Also, Mike Harge is going to be doing his show live from Covert Bee Cave tomorrow. But more importantly than any of that, legendary lifetime Longhorn Michael Griffin will be there. And we will have free lunch. Thanks to our friends at Smoky Moe's Barbecue and Verde's Mexican Perea. They're going to be out there giving free food. Michael Griffin's going to be out there talking Texas, Alabama, signing autographs, taking pictures. We'll all be out there as well. The fun starts at 1130. Totally free. Just show up, hang out with us, get a free lunch, and uh, that's that. Should be a hell of a time. Shout out to our friends at Covert Bee Cave for making that happen. And I also have to give a shout out to our friends at Olipop, our newest sponsor. Was drinking one this morning. I've had like five in the last two days, man. This stuff is addicting. It's a new kind of soda. And finally, somebody found a way to make a soda that tastes great, that is actually good for you. That's what Olipop is. They've got some classic soda flavors like cola, root beer, lemon lime, and Dr. Goodwin, which is their version of a Dr. Pepper. And they've got grape, strawberry vanilla, cream soda, tropical punch, tons of other flavors too. Olipop tastes just like the sodas you grew up sipping, but with the added benefits of microbiome and digestive health support. I'm telling you, this stuff is actually good for you, and it's all over central texas it's all over the state of texas and this thing is growing like crazy make sure you pick some up at heb at target walmart costco whole foods wherever you go you can find some ollie pop trey i gotta bounce yes you do got a big meeting right after the show so the guy that you're going to be co-hosting with from one to three is going to be a part of uh where are we at in society today the great are you adding him am i adding him you're adding him now. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I think Zay was on screen for like a millisecond, and then boom, he's gone just like that. Trey and Zay coming your way from one to three. Zay, appreciate you coming on and filling in, and I uh, look forward to listen listening to you guys on the way to this meeting. Thanks, Preppy. I appreciate that. <laughs> calling you Preppy because the polo's icy, man. I feel it. I uh, feel the Ralph, man. Gotta yeah, call you Preppy. You look, you look like Dadgum Zach Morris right now, man. I got the You're damn khaki it. pants, too. I'm, I'm in total high school <laughs> uniform mode right now. I hate <laughs> That's it. That's what I'm talking about. Appreciate it, man. All right. Good y'all show. be cool. See y'all later.